playground and then telling me, come on, and people being sucked into the sky. And like, I'm like, I'm not going. But <laughs> I guess that in real life, I sat on the top of the sofa and they were worried I was going to fall off. And there was something, I, but I don't, I woke up sitting on the sofa and I was like, oh. And, and they were like. All right, we were listening to an old AltaCast here on Mutiny Radio. It's uh, time for Some Call Me Tim or the AltaCast. Uh, it's all confusing these days. Next week, we're going to have our poetry Zoom back from Scotland from the high noon time. But today, I, I did a little work at home, so I'm a little late. We're going to get a call from LaToya, the Sheriff of Truth here, and we are going to find out what happened. What happened? What happened yesterday in the debates? I did not pay attention. I decided to make some delicious food <laughs> and not pay attention at all to the scary things and the dumb person that runs our country currently. Ah, he's a terrible, terrible person. But we're going to wait for that call. And until then, we shall listen to – this is an old AltaCast from – 2016 January and it's so fun I was listening to it you know as it was playing and old dumb face himself is on it Steve Poggi I miss that guy so much he's out in Missouri um being a real person and <laughs> not doing comedy anymore you can join us tonight at Asiento at 7 30 there's a comedy show you get a meet buy a meal hang out support a local small business, two of them actually, both Mutiny Radio and Asiento, on each corner of 21st Street, Bryant and Florida. There we go. There she is. There she is. Sheriff of Truth is here. <laughs> oh, wow. That is a groan for the ages. Did you know? You didn't watch... Oh, no. in the old man, old white man shit show last No, of night? course I didn't. Um, across the street from my house, there's a person with a really, really large television set, and I could see his orange face from, like, across the way through the window, and it was, it was ruining my digestion. I was having a difficult time eating my delicious chicken. Um... It, he's. I. I mean, I just couldn't even. I just. I just kept imagining what terrible things were going on, and I just didn't even want to acknowledge. So please give me the highlights of the of the shit show that was last night's presidential debate. All right. So where do we start, ladies and gentlemen? Like, um, geez. So the night. Uh, can you hear me? Oh yes, 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 yes. Absolutely. Oh, okay. Okay. Um. So basically, um. It was fear-mongering, white supremacy, lies, 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 uh, old white men, uh, Chris Wallace, the moderator, not knowing how to control uh, Trump, and just Trump interrupting nonstop. Um, No one won the debate because it was so horrible. Trump was a bully, but let's not call him a bully because that sounds too nice. Let's right. just call him a motherfucker. It's perfect. Like even asshole is just too much. Yeah. Um, nice. And then he co- he refused to condemn white supremacy. What? And then here's something. Wait, yeah. Wait, 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 wait. And then, so one of the questions was literally like, "What are we doing about white supremacy in America?" And what are we doing? Was it a Black Lives Matter question? And he just wouldn't I address it. I suggest you look it up. Yeah, it, it basically Chris Wallace. It's all over the place. Um, 
so basically Chris Wallace, the moderator, um, asked, you know, basically, would, would you denounce white supremacy? And, you know, of course, Trump bs his way, and, and Joe Byron's like, uh, or excuse me, uh, uh, 45 is like, well, well, who? What you want me to name someone? And and Biden's like, how about the Proud Boys? And basically, you know, he said like, tell the Proud Boys, you know, stand by and uh, stand back. And not denouncing, not denouncing at all, giving them the red light. And here's something else that he said that no one is talking about. Um, Chris Wallace also said, what would you say to your voters uh, when they go to the polls? Or do you have any last words for them? I'm paraphrasing, by the way. Um, He basically said, like, um, he wants his his, uh, cult followers to be more like poll watchers. Yeah, the president you know, said basically. the president said the Proud Boys, a far right extremist group, should stand by amid nationwide protests against racism. Oh my God, he's condoning. It's it's almost like I hate to keep comparing it to Nazi Germany, but the Hitler Youth. That's what it is. It's the Hitler Youth. Oh God, this is so gross. How do we not see what's happening right now? Like. No, we see it. It's just a train wreck. Um, here, these were the lowlights here, and you comment on these. The first presidential debate between Donald Trump and former Vice President Joe Biden was characterized by yelling, interrupting, falsehoods, and conspiracy theories, most of it from Trump. So he's literally yelling at Joe Biden. Uh-huh. Oh, I'm so glad I didn't watch. Like yelling, like did he, did he call him fat or stupid? Because that's kind of his go-to. Right. He was no. Oh, wait. He talked about, oh, Trump got mad at uh, Trump because he uh, Biden said smart, said the word smart. And Trump got offended. Like, don't don't ever mention smart with me. You graduated last and you're uh, at your university, like little shit like that. Mm. And then <laughs> got into Hunter Biden for no reason. <laughs> Who cares? Um, his kids are a shit show anyway. You know, the policies. And and then, don't get me wrong, Joe Biden fucked up, but he couldn't get a word in. Mm. The only time, like, I liked when Biden said, this clown, or, and then this is the worst president (gasps) ever. Clown? Um, He called him a clown, yeah. And then he told him, why don't you just shut up, man? (gasps) What? Wow. Read the headline. You yeah, well, just, here's, here's more. Here's, here's more. Uh, the president repeated misinformation about Biden's son Hunter and his foreign business dealings. The interruptions were so over the top that debate moderator Chris Wallace pleaded with Trump several times to stop. Biden took a more blunt approach, telling Trump to shut up. Uh, <laughs> it's great. Uh, Wow. Okay, so here are some quotes, fact-checking quotes, and we'll see what you think about this. Trump fact-check. Trump says mailmen in West Virginia are selling the ballots. Trump's statement. Look at West Virginia. Let me do his voice. Take a look at West Virginia. Mailmen selling the ballots. They're being sold. They're being dumped into rivers. This is a horrible thing for our country. Claim. Trump says mailmen in West Virginia are selling the ballots. 
Fact check, false. <laughs> Details, a West Virginia mail carrier pleaded guilty to attempted election fraud and injury to the mail after admitting he had altered the mail-in request forms for an absentee ballot from eight voters in April 2020, according to a statement by the Department of Justice. The West Virginia Secretary of State's office investigated and found that party affiliations on five ballot request forms had been altered from Democrat to Republican. Three other ballot request forms had been altered, though the party affiliations had not been changed. There were no charges of selling ballots brought against the mailman. So he's just he's just getting super hyper. He was just getting hyperbolic because, yes. I mean, ridiculous. Here's the other one. Trump fact check. Trump claims they're losing 30 and 40 percent of ballots trump's statement quote they're losing 30 and 40 percent it's a fraud it's a fraud and it's a shame claim trump says they're an unknown entity losing 30 and 40 percent of ballots fact check false details mr trump says quote they're an unknown entity that's presumably the u.s postal service or possibly election stations losing 30 to 40 percent of mail-in ballots there seems to be no source for this claim <laughs> it's okay so why does he just make this, shit pam? up yeah yeah so pam so i'm not everyone in this house that was watching it we, there were some laughing moments <sighs> like it was like it was like watching uh waldorf and stadler you know, the two old men puppets yes. from the Muppets. Mm. And, like, some of the things that was coming out of, like, Trump's mouth mouth was so beyond ridiculous and unrealistic that you just had to laugh. Like, I heard my cousin laughing when I was in the bedroom. She was in her bedroom, and, and I just heard her chuckling. And she's like, I'm watching the debate. And I'm just like, oh, shit, it must be that hilarious. That's what turned me, turned me in. Because it, you got all these waves of emotion. It was like comedy and tragedy all in one. Like, it was Greek theater. Yeah. It totally was. It was Greek theater, but with us Americans as the losers. This is It's so scary. Trump went after Biden over his intelligence and where he went to college. So these are his low yeah, blows. That's what <laughs> in one of Trump's harshest attacks of the evening, the president berated Biden over his academic credentials, despite his own niece accusing him of cheating on his SATs to get into the University of Pennsylvania, calling Biden the lowest or almost the lowest in your class. Trump also falsely <laughs> accused Biden of claiming to have attended Delaware State University, a historically black institution. I, does he just make, is he just making stuff up? Is he on, is he on drugs? Who's, did he, I, I can't, who's backing, who's backing Trump? Who's like, yeah, yeah, this sounds about right. This is okay. This is how we like to, this is how we want to be known on the world stage. This is, this is, this sounds about right. His big, ugly orange face. Trump told the far right extremist Proud Boys to stand by and its members noticed Proud Boys Stand back and stand by, Trump said of the neo-fascist group after Wallace and Biden pressed him to explicitly condemn white supremacist groups and right-wing militias. Quote, so Chris, voters. Yeah. <laughs> Chris Wallace, quote, are you willing tonight to condemn white supremacists and militia groups and to say that they need to stand down? Trump, proud boys, stand back and stand by. But I'll tell you what. 
somebody's got to do something about Antifa and the left. What? <laughs> oh, here's a here's something positive that a lot of people aren't talking about, and I'm glad finally, fucking finally, um, finally the facts of the matter that um, when they were talking about when, of course, 45 brought up Antifa, uh, Biden said. Listen, your FBI director even said that Antifa is not a threat. It's not even an organization. It's an idea. Right. That is something that I've not heard in mainstream media say about Antifa. And here's here's a fun fact, and I think I've said this on the show before. Antifa means anti-fascist. That is good. That means no fascist. Yeah, good. Okay, it's an idea. I believe it started during World War II. Hey, I, 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 I anti-fascism, great. Like, fascism, fascism is is bad unless I'm in charge. Like, I'm the best fascist, fascist. My fascism's fine, but not not his. No, fascism's uh, pretty terrible in in all realms. I see that all the shut up stuff. Would you shut up, man? Biden told Trump. <laughs> That was really productive segment, wasn't it? Biden says sarcastically. Keep yapping, man. But Biden later called him a clown and expressed disbelief at Trump's consistent efforts to interrupt him. I would have just gotten off the stage. I mean, that's the thing is, you it's like what the reason you don't power struggle with a child, you know? Because then in the struggle, you're giving them power. So it's like, I don't know. I just wouldn't even agree to debate. There, it isn't a debate if, if Trump's just interrupting and not... Well, that's the other thing is that Trump has no idea what he, he's doing. He has no idea how to be a president. He never did any governmental stuff. I'm sure he never took a debate class. How would he even know? Why even debate when you don't even know how to debate? It's like the time when um, somebody wanted to debate me about feminism, but he was like a super misogynist. And I'm like, I'm not going to debate you when you've never been to school and you have no idea about anything. You're just going to say that I'm a dumb woman. Like it, it doesn't it doesn't work unless the other person is intelligent enough to hold a discourse, a conversation. Debates are supposed to enlighten us so that we can see both sides and understand what's going on with our government. We want people to debate. We want healthy debate. But telling people to shut up and interrupting isn't listening to the other side. And then lying. The, the concept that there's so many things to fact check. I mean, it just keeps going here. Here's another one. Trump says crime has increased 100 to 200% in New York. Trump's statement, if you look at New York, where it's going up like nobody ever seen anything, the numbers are going up 100, 150, 200 percent of crime. Claim, Trump says crime has increased 100 to 200 percent in New York. Fact check, misleading. Details, the New York Police Department released citywide crime statistics on September 3rd, 2020 for the month of August. There has been a point 0.7% increase in total crime, including murder, rape, robbery, assault, burglary, grand larceny, and grand larceny autos between August 2019 and August 2020. Shooting incidents in New York City have increased 165.9% between August 2019 and August 2020. 242 versus 91. Murders have increased 47% compared to August 2019. Year-to-date through August 31st, there has been an 87% increase in citywide shooting incidents. Okay, so what he did is he added up all the percentages. So he added up 
0.7% and 165.9 and 47 and 87 and said, oh, 200% because I'm adding it all up. So it's misleading. But Hello, also everyone. we're in COVID times. How about this? Did he say anything about his paying $750 in fucking income pat tax two years in a row when he's a billionaire? I paid more taxes for Mutiny Radio and I made I made less than $16,000 last year, and I paid more taxes than that. And that's insane. That's insane to me. And it is making me very, very angry because why is he so special that he doesn't have to pay taxes, but everyone else has to pay taxes? I work my ass off to be a fucking artist and keep free speech alive in this goddamn place. And the government and the person in charge, the billionaire, pays less taxes than me? That's insane! Oh, I have to let you know, so Podcast World and... um... Also, uh, all to cast world, my homegirl Pam. I, I'm doing right now a live stream oh, cool. um, on YouTube, so Rad. I have you mic'd up, so Ooh. that way there's no secrets. No secrets. I just wanted to let you guys know in the YouTube world, this is the all to cast, and I'm we are talking it. about the shit show. Oh dear God! Uh, all last the night's uh, debacle. I mean debate. Right. And Pam has given us her four one one. On. <laughs> well, how how we're gonna die? <laughs> well, we are, you know. And every day, every day's a gift. Walking here today, I, not by not by choice, of course. <laughs> <laughs> well, I and and the sky, the air quality is not fantastic today. And as I was walking oh, no. here, I was like, ugh, the fires are still not contained, and. We have so many issues. Still, we don't know what's going on with unemployment. We don't know what's happening with the future. We don't know what's happening with COVID. There's, we still have, what, 50% unemployment? This is the weirdest, scariest time. And and every single day is a gift. And, um, and I feel so grateful to that. My problems are not as big as so many other problems. For example, walking here, there was a tent on O'Farrell street near my house. And a child backed out of it. There was a dad and there was a child, like an eight-year-old child living in a tent on O'Farrell Street. And I, alike, all of a sudden just felt so much gratitude for what's happening in my life and realized there's a dad and a son living in a tent on O'Farrell Street. Like, what the fuck is going on? children but but i'm sure there's tons of homeless children and well but just to be to stare it in the face it's real like there's also the you know the thing we didn't even get to talk about the economy uh on the debate Mm. last night it was just like it was it was like a reality show it was like um let me like uh um do you remember that show, just the real life? It was a horrible, like, uh, yes. reality show. It was like Jersey Shore. Right, like D-list, D-list celebrities in a house together, and they're not allowed to leave or something. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, it was life. like Kathy yes. Griffin, and it was like some <laughs> yeah. old, like, WWE wrestler, and it was like Carrot Top Kinda, or something. Yeah, exactly. It was. I don't remember who it was, but I do remember. It was like D-list but, I mean, celebrities trying to get back to it. What you know? What you just brought up with seeing that you know that homeless family, like on your block, mm. living in a tent and, and seeing a child come out of child. it. This is as we're watching this shit show. This shit is happening to human beings here in this country. 
and and no one is giving a damn about them. I mean, the good thing is at least we have we have a home, we have a shelter. We don't know how much longer though. Right. I mean, because that could be at the point where we're at, that could be any one of us landing out on the street mm. because it the two party system they don't care. Obviously, I am going to vote for Jim Crow Joe. Um, I even today, I had to swallow my pride, and even I'm going to help with the campaign. Wow. Uh, because I just, listen, in order to get what we want as progressive, you there's a strategy to this. Yeah. And yes, some of us might be old and gray and half near dead by the time we get it but there's strategy to get reparations free health care free college the green new deal all these yeah, things yeah. but you're not going to get it by not voting and getting this man out of here because it's just going to get worse and you're going to be farther away from the goal of getting any of these things right and seeing less of these people that you just were describing living on the street and children having to live in that environment we're not going to get that by not by being sitting ducks. Right. So you're going to have to dance with the semi-devil for a minute, but make sure you get that devil out of there so you can get the person that is willing to do the job and do right um, for the American people. Absolutely. Because that was, just I'm, that was a great <laughs> speech. My, um, my dad keeps sending me incredibly uh, racist memes and terrible things what about the left. Doing? I don't know. I think he thinks it's funny, like, to get a rise out of me. Um, but it's just How many racist people rhetoric. How retirement community probably died of COVID? Uh, well, I don't know. That it's in, I mean, the, the numbers went way up in Arizona because yeah. they nobody was wearing masks. Even my dad was like, yeah, everybody goes to the store. Nobody's wearing masks. Um but I think in their retirement community, maybe no one brought it in and they all just stayed like on their little rich person island. But the, the thing is that it's the entitlement that Americans feel about their own families. But why they're, But the thing is that people are, why can't we take care of people? It's not anybody's fault for being poor. It's the system that continues poverty. It's the It's racism. It's systematic racism, racism that creates classism and creates a stratified, stratified structure that some people are better than others. But you know what? That motherfucker paid $750 in taxes. Why is he better? Why is he better? Why doesn't he have to pay taxes? Why does he make so much? Oh, he makes what? so much money that he doesn't have to pay taxes? That's not fair. What does he do? People are laboring. That's the other thing. All the people. I would be so pissed if I was an essential worker right now building all of these houses. I would be I would be pissed if I you know what I am pissed fuck that because I have a house I would be even more pissed if I had a small business yeah. imagine all these mom and pop places that have all that all the taxes that they have to pay like let's first of all that was something that did come up for a hot minute but like a hot minute yeah. like on the debate or excuse me the debacle um, and what pissed me off is this tax Broad, yeah. got Wesley Snipes locked up, Lauren Hill knocked up, didn't Martha Stewart, well, that was inside of training. That was inside of training, yeah. But it was only $50,000. I mean. But even so, Martha Stewart got locked up for eight months. Is, yeah, smaller in contrast to what this guy that we call our president is doing. Exactly. People, the IRS, 
knocks on our door if we don't give them $150. Yeah. They're and... willing to ruin your life for $500 uh, or a, a grand. Right. And the fact of the matter that, okay, so IRS, what you going to do? Yeah, go after you know, him. Here's the, Audit yeah, him. here's something that the American people who have any sense because it ain't, it ain't his supporters because his supporters think, well, that's pretty smart. And those are patriots, by the way, which is just ironic. You don't pay taxes, but you call yourself a patriot. Okay. And you yeah, think that's Yeah, tax evasion is so much. And yeah, he's, I mean, he's doing these unnecessary be... wars and funding it with our money and obviously not his money since he's not paying taxes. That's the other thing. So as a president, you get paid $250,000, like a stipend or whatever. Why wouldn't he – how could he only pay $750 if he got paid – because isn't there income tax? Does he not have to pay income tax on that 250000 so, that he gets for being the president? How is it possible? Like, so and what is it? It's just it's money laundering, loot, like looting the American people. What is – how – it's just it's not fair. And I know fair isn't equal. Fair is what everybody needs. But why does he need so much and get so much? Why? Why are we letting this happen? he's broke. He's broke. All these things, so I need, so basically, he's found loopholes to not pay yeah. uh, his taxes. Uh, I think it's because he's been losing money, so that is how he's found a way to only pay a many, many, many minimum amount in taxes. Um, on top of, I believe in the year 2022, um, because he's in debt. Um, so oh. this motherfucker's kind of broke. And so he owes, I believe he owes about $400 million in loans. Whoa. Foreign loans. Like he owes, yes, he owes money to the Russians. That is for sure. Wow. He definitely owes money to the Saudis. And let's just put this together. This is just my opinion, ladies and gentlemen. So, you know, he, he's friends with the Saudis, but he doesn't like Muslims. I don't, yeah. He just likes money. Mm. So, um, he, recently the UAE, United Arab Emirates, and Saudi Arabia signed an agreement, some kind of peace bullshit agreement, when they already have a good relationship already. Mm -hmm. But here's the thing. Trump is trying to get Trump hotels <gasps> in United Arab Emirates. Of course he is. And, of course, he wants that's, to build a hotel. I'm but sure there's uh, those deals going on you're not in Saudi that's, Arabia. That's supposed to be illegal. There's a whole that's, – that's an impeachable defense. Exactly. A, a impeachable offense. You're not supposed to be able to use the presidency right. to make money for yourself. It's not – oh, my God. It's supposed to be an act of service being the president. It's not supposed to be an act of ego and, and of, of wealth building. It's supposed to be – Service. Uh, speaking of service, here's an Obama thing. Trump, Trump fact check. Obama had the, quote, slowest recovery since 1929. Trump's statement. They, the Obama administration, had the slowest recovery, economic recovery, since 1929. It was the slowest recovery. Also, they took over something that was downhill. Claim. Trump said President Obama and Biden presided over the slowest economic recovery since 1929. Fact check. 
false. The details. While economists have pointed out that the economy was unusually slow to snap back after the downturn of 2008-2009, Mr. Trump is wrong when he says it was the slowest recovery since the Great Depression of 1929. In fact, the 2001 recession brought on by dot-com boom that popped around March of 2001 was slower than the 2008-2009 recovery under Mr. Obama. Six years after the 2001 recession ended, the number of jobs had grown by just 6%, compared with 8% six years after the economic collapse of the Great Recession. The recovery that started during Mr. Obama's presidency was also longer than the 2001 recovery as well. The U.S. economy added 2.3 million jobs in the last year of the Obama administration. Mr. Trump said that the corporate tax cuts that were passed in late 2017 created a huge uptick in jobs. In fact, 2.3 million jobs were created in the, the year following the tax cuts, roughly the same as during the year of Mr. Obama's presidency, and only 200,000 more than the year before the tax cuts. In the second year after the tax cuts passed by Republicans signed by Mr. Trump, job growth dropped by 180,000. So he, like, couched a falsehood inside another falsehood. And my question is, are the people that are watching and continuing to support him are they fact-checking? Are they reading this? Or are they just believing what he says? Um, it's a cult, my dear. Mm. So uh, they're believing everything he says. They believe everything he says. This is terrible. Uh, Biden fact-check. Trump's, quote, own former spokesperson said, quote, riots and chaos and violence help his cause. Biden-Trump exchange. Biden. You know, his own former spokesperson said, you know, riots and chaos and violence help his cause. That's what this is about. Trump, I don't know who said that. Biden, I do. Trump, who? Biden, Kellyanne Conway. Trump, I don't think she said that. <laughs> Fact check. True. In defending Mr. Trump, Conway cited polling that suggested that people want more law enforcement in their cities, specifically African-American and Hispanic citizens. She made these comments in an interview on Fox and Friends. She began by quoting an unnamed businesswoman from Wisconsin. Quote, I was thinking of a very, spe very specific small businesswoman, Conway said. Quote, she got her store ready all over again for the post-COVID lockdown lifting, and then she had to do it all over again after she was vandalized and looted. And this just can't stand. I also noticed there was a quote today from a restaurateur in Wisconsin saying, quote, are you protesters trying to get Donald Trump reelected? Quote, he knows, full stop. And I guess Mayor Pete knows, full stop. The more chaos and anarchy and vandalism and violence reigns, the better it is for the very clear choice on who's the best public safety, who's the best on public safety and law and order. Wow. So she really did say that. And he quoted her. And then Trump tried to, ooh, I do, Kellyanne Conway. <laughs> yeah. Right? Oh, it's, this is another great one. This is, thing, oh, go ahead. No, I was just saying, it's just like, you know, it's, what's so dangerous is being so unintelligent and, you know, the fact that these people are telling you right in your face and 
and you're just you're just taking it, mm-hmm. and then you're taking it out on the wrong people, the colored folks, because <laughs> we just want to live. Absolutely. We don't care what you certain cracker tastic people do. We just want to live. Well, America, that's, right, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Who doesn't want and deserve that? That's in our Constitution. It's That's what we're trying to do, and yet we're subjugating people and not giving them life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness by – I'm just wondering, when are they going to exterminate the us? The, 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 exactly. It, with the help from uh, a portion of the American people, and that's the thing. This, these people are literally stealing from you. Like, mm-hmm. hello, like you said, he paid only $750 in taxes. You should be irate, especially mm-hmm. if you've gotten laid off, if you know your unemployment is about to get up, if you're in insurance, um, if, if your you house is on fire right now, <laughs> I mean, all these things. Oh, I've already, and I'm paying more on my unemployment I'm only I'm having them take the taxes out of my unemployment because I know they're going to get me for it later, and so I'm having it taken out now. And I bet that I will probably pay more than seven hundred and fifty dollars in taxes on my unemployment, which is hilarious to me because I'm actually still working. I'm just trying to. COVID is trying to destroy all of us, and I mean I don't know what's going on. It's crazy. I mean she's not working. She's volunteering. (laughs) Yeah right. So how about this? Did they talk at all about RBG and his new potential appointee Um, for the Supreme Court? Very briefly, that was when things got out of control again. Well, it should. It needs to because the woman that they have, that he has appointed, is uh, 48. She is a law professor. She has seven children. And guess who she used to clerk for? Judge Antonin. Antonin Scalia. She was a clerk for him. You don't think that she is a pro-life motherfucker? You don't think they're trying to get a woman to turn coat against women and take away our civil rights, our liberties, our human rights to our own bodies? You don't think they're taking away Roe v. Wade right now? You don't think they're making it more difficult to have access to control our own lives? You want to force me to have a baby? You want to force a 16-year-old to have a baby? And you call it morality? You call it morality. A 16-year-old child gets pregnant, and you're going to say, you have to have that baby because it's a moral thing. It's a moral thing to let a person who is not ready or equipped in any way to have a baby because what? You just want more dumb people in the United States that will follow your laws and do your manual labor and not have the opportunities because the parents weren't ready for a kid. Why do you have your morality inside my genitals? Fuck you, Republicans. Uh, you forgot one more thing about the cunt judge. Yeah. Or she has an adopted Haitian, uh, so she uh, has her token. So, wow. You know, that, oh that proves that she's not racist to the white supremacists out there. But she has a black child. Wow. She has a Negro for a child. Wow. She's safe. She saved someone, which means she's whitewashing that uh, that uh, poor child. <laughs> well, I'm sure it's some moral you decision. You be docile. You go ahead and be docile. Do not have any rebellion with these. You be one of the good ones. Oh, my God. I'm going to build me a good one. <laughs> Gross. Uh, here's here's the here's the uh, the hunter stuff. Trump statement: The mayor of Moscow, the mayor of Moscow, his wife gave your son 
three and a half million dollars. Claim, Hunter Biden received financial compensation from Elena Baturna for consultancy work. Fact check, misleading, no evidence. The details, President Trump was referencing a claim made by a recent controversial report issued by the Republican majority on the Senate Finance and Homeland Security Committees. The report, which follows a year-long investigation mounted by Republican Senators Chuck Grassley, Chairman of the Senate Finance Committee, and Ron Johnson, Chairman of the Senate Homeland Security and Governmental Affairs Committee, alleges that... Hunter Biden received a $3.5 million wire transfer from Elena Baturina, the wife of former mayor of Moscow. The GOP report claims that the money was transferred during a consultancy agreement between Baturina and Rosemont Seneca Thornton, an investment firm it alleges was co-founded by Hunter Biden. An attorney for Hunter Biden has repeatedly denied that his client co-founded the company and therefore did not receive $3.5 million. Quote, Hunter Biden has no interest in and was not a co-founder of Rosemont Seneca Thornton. So the claim that he was paid $3.5 million is false, Hunter Biden's lawyer George Misuris told PolitiFact. Grassley and Johnson said the report was focused solely on records from the Obama administration and the consulting firm Blue Star Strategies, but have not publicly shared any documents that can substantiate their claims about former Vice President's son. According to PolitiFact, Democrat Senate staff who've been seen the have seen the documents referenced by Republicans said they don't tie Biden to an account with the company. So there uh, it's just another thing for all the Republicans to go, well look his son is crooked or blah blah blah. What about your daughter? How about your crooked daughter who has n also no experience in government at all? She's not she hasn't been elected by anybody and wh are you well, trying to create an aristocracy? Are you just going to elect your daughter now? Like, how much honey, money? We could talk about all of his kids. Started with Don Jr., how he illegally poaches. Mm. Um, he also, uh, he's slander um, on top of, he might be a cokehead himself. Mm. And then there's Eric, who is under investigation. Don Jr. is under investigation, too. What am I saying? All His kids are under investigation. There's so many different investigations going around that family with the Trump Foundation as well. Um, I believe the patenting of Ivanka's uh, cheap-ass clothing uh, as well. There's, like, a lot of things. So, you know, that's what, that was, like, the slimy part. Like, now we're bringing kids. Like, Biden could have went low. Part of me wanted him to go low. And, like, and then, like, you know, to dis be dismissive about, like, when, you know, you know, Biden talked about his son, Bo, who had died, I believe, of cancer, and he was a military vet, you know, more honorable than, you know, that slimy Trump family. But, um, yeah, he, uh, you know, Bo served time in the military. And, the, you know, to, and the way Trump was dismissive, oh, I didn't know Bo. But your son, Hunter, like, just, like, wow, like, that is like the uttermost disrespect. Like, why? Now we talk about people's kids. Yeah. Well, wow. here's speaking of speaking of kids. This was another Trump fact check. Uh, wow. Young children aren't vulnerable vulnerable to COVID nineteen. Of course, he brought up COVID nineteen. Uh, Trump statement quote: We didn't know anything about the disease. Now we found that elderly people with heart problems and diabetes and different problems are very very vulnerable. We learned a lot. Young children aren't. Even younger people aren't. We learned a lot. 
claim. Young children aren't, quote, vulnerable to COVID. Fact check. Misleading. The details. While data shows that young children are less likely to contract COVID-19 than adults, it's not true that children have not been affected. It is also not true that children are incapable of spreading the virus. Data from the American Academy of Pediatrics reports that of September 24th, children represented only 10.5% of all cases in states reporting cases by age. The AAP also says, quote, available data indicated that COVID-19 associated hospitalization and death is uncommon in children. And it appears that severe illness due to COVID-19 is rare among children. However, the AAP also reports that over 624,000 children have tested positive for COVID-19 since the onset of the pandemic. Recent Centers for Disease Control data show that children younger than 10 are capable of transmitting COVID, but specifics that teenagers have been twice as likely to contract the virus as elementary school age children because they're making out in the hallway. Although Mr. Trump regularly asserts that children are largely unaffected by COVID-19, he told journalist Bob Woodward in March that, quote, plenty of young people were affected by the pandemic. It's not clear exactly what age group Trump was referring to. However, bottom line, the CDC and most experts acknowledge that the effect of COVID on young children is still unclear and the data initial data shows relatively low infection rates. But to say young children aren't vulnerable to the disease is false. Well, there we go. Fact check. So I, I'm, I'm so glad I didn't watch it because I would, yeah, my, I just would be screaming. I, I fire flames, flames licking the side of my face, flames just of <laughs> anger. And, um, because you might've broke the TV. <laughs> I don't have a TV. I, I could watch it on. The, I mean, obviously, I have all of the technology to be able to watch. Or, or excuse me, we don't have TV anymore. Right, which um, is my computer box. But this is, yeah. this is. I think that the most disturbing stuff is what he said about these quote-unquote proud boys. I think that is the most, that being directly confronted on the, a white supremacist group that he would not discount them and say that that's not okay. I mean, especially when he lashes out at the left and calls us Antifa and says that we're this huge terrorist group. You know, I think that the Proud Boys literally are a domestic terrorist group, especially if they, they are, are, if they have, if they have guns. How are they not, how are they not, you know, domestic terrorists? I, I don't understand what the difference is between And then it all goes back to this. You know, Hitler thought that he was doing a good thing. I don't think that Hitler thought he was evil. I really, I think that any fascist that exists, Mussolini as well, I, I can't imagine that Mussolini was sitting there going like, I'm going to be an evil motherfucker. I'm going to fuck with Italy and I'm going to take, like, he was like, I want to make my country better. I want to forward the Italian cause. And I've, think that Hitler was probably the same way. I mean, you know, was no, there mass genocide and is that terrible? Absolutely. Are we, uh, or do we have children in cages at the border and are we doing forced sterilization on people in ice centers? Yeah. Tell me what the difference is. Tell me what the difference is. Like, I, I'm just, I'm so, I just can't. 
I just can't. Re history is repeating itself, and, and I feel powerless to to change it's not, or stop it's not it. The good it's not the good part of history either. <laughs> the fight in the good fight. Oh my gosh. I, I, I'm just, I'm just, I fear for the. I fear for women of the future whose morality comes into question, or tr trans people, or LG, well, anyone in the LGBTQ plus community, anyone who's been, anyone who's finally, some of the marginalization has been lifted. I feel like it's all gonna clamp back down, and it, you know, it goes to the Supreme Court if we're going to let a 48-year-old pro-lifer be on. That's a life appointment. She's going to be on it for 30 years at least. Well, here's how I feel. Uh, I feel as if, in the end, they're going to lose. They're going to lose. You think that? I mean, really? this might take. This might happen. This might take some time, but in the end, they're going to lose because their numbers. They're losing by numbers. Ew. Oh, that's gross. And there, a large population is dying off, the baby boomers. Mm. And then on top of that, you know, let's add the, you know, we already know about the low birth rates and the opioids and the suicides, but now we have a pandemic to add on top of that. And the fires. On top of. Yeah, and unemployment, and you know, white people hate not having money, so <laughs> that will kill them. Like, if you have like some like certain white people cannot live poor; they will they rather off themselves, and people are getting poor. Yeah, it's so scary. I've been poor all along. You know, so this isn't. It's not that scary to me. I'm like I'm living pretty much a very similar lifestyle to, to what I was before. Just the, it's just a little ma more. Lonely majority of my white friends were poor, so that is something that we could identify. Well, I wasn't poor, but middle class. Excuse me. Sure, sure. You know, they like they had to struggle at times as well. So there was, you know, we had their, our suburban kind of things. You know, this is this I is a, how they would get treated. This is another interesting article about uh, the presidential campaign for Joe Biden on Monday, the day before the presidential debate yesterday sent a letter to Facebook accusing the company of failing to meet its promises to keep disinformation off its platform, specifically citing the fact it has allowed certain posts from President Trump and his son, Donald Trump Jr., to remain up. The letter obtained by Fox Business quotes Facebook's pledge to clear up, quote, confusion about how this election will work and, quote, take steps to reduce the changes of distrust in our democracy and unrest. But it says Facebook's actual conduct in recent days points a very paints a very different picture. Uh, the letter cites a video from Donald Trump Jr. saying that, quote, those who oppose his father have, quote, a plan to add millions of fraudulent ballots that can cancel your vote and overturn the election and posts from Trump himself encouraging voters to vote by mail and then go to polling places and ask to vote again. To attempt to vote twice is illegal. The Trump administration has said that the president was simply asking voters to verify their votes had been counted. Quote, these posts clearly violated your policies as well by wrongly suggesting that there is considerable doubt about whether mail votes will be counted, the Biden campaign said. Quote, they also violate your prohibition of misinterpretations about voting logistics, methods, or requirements. 
A similar battle over campaign social media posts has played out on Twitter as well, with Trump apparently encouraging followers to illegally try to vote twice in North Carolina and Twitter then flagging his tweet for violating platform rules. The campaign attempted earlier this month to get Twitter to flag a Biden campaign post that clipped words from Trump's, Trump's speech uh, the same way as an ad from an earlier this year and got four Pinocchios in the Washington Post fact check. Blah, 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 blah. So, um... Do you think they're going to end up, uh... I wonder if there's going to be a breaking point, which they should have did this a long time ago, with, especially Twitter, because we already know how Facebook it feels. Yeah. They just now start to get the courage to do something. But do you think at, at one point in time, Twitter is going to block him? I hope so. I mean... The thing, what he's doing right now and what he's setting up, and especially with all the fake news that he's creating and that's being manipulated through Facebook and Twitter and things of this nature, is you're planting the seeds of doubt now so that the entire election either way will be a scam. If he wins, he scammed it. If he loses, he's going to say that he was scammed. Because the seeds of doubt are being sown so widely... And then these social media platforms are allowing them to take root and grow, even if they're tiny, even if they're weeds, even if they're it still it still makes a difference. And it it undermines the idea that we are in a democracy and that our votes actually count, which is going to do one of two things. It's going to make some people say, fuck it, I'm not going to vote. It doesn't matter anyways. It's all fixed. And then people who do vote, if it doesn't go their way, they're going to say, Unless it's like a, another Al Gore situation where Biden just backs down. But I don't think that – I don't think that we're going to back down this time so easily, uh, especially if, if the popular vote is won. And, but even if it's an electoral college slide, right, like a landslide for Biden, let's pretend Trump is going to say that all of this was fake. So we're going to lose either way. That's what I was just going to say that. It's a lose-lose. <laughs> That's exactly what I was just going to say. Just, like, either way it goes, he's just going to find some kind of way. Yeah, he's just going to lie. That's the thing. We've already we, – we just went through the entire fact-check thing. He had multiple falsehoods and manipulations and just hyperbole that he spreads that he makes up. Here's the thing. When you and I – make fake news or do whatever we're saying, it's obviously opinion. And we're two people talking about our opinions on a free speech radio station. But neither one of us are the president of the motherfucking United States. You gotta have... Exactly. You, you, if you lie about everything, where is your... How do I believe you? Then I just don't believe you? Then why are you in charge? I don't like liars. I don't like lying liars and the lying lies they tell. I don't like large government because I feel like they're lying and manipulating and when I see it happening, and you watch it, and it's so frustrating, and we have no one to shake and be like, where is the truth? Uh. Well, my thing is, either way, there is going to be some kind of anarchy. Yeah, especially and when he's especially when he's inciting. Telling the Proud Boys to, 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 to stand or be around or whatever, like saying that that's okay, that's inciting. That's inciting violence. That's, mm -hmm. And that the President of the United States can incite racial violence. That, that's the other thing. If, if he does lose, is there going to be a race war? 
Is that what's going to, and then we're all going to have to choose sides? I say, uh, we uh, we have to acknowledge, we need a president that can stand up and say that the systematic racism in this country has, is, kill, is murdering black people uh, without justice. Brianna from last week, Trayvon, I mean, yes. how many names, how, how, should, I mean, how many names do we have we, to say to, to, I think to, we to talked recognize about it? Brianna Taylor. I think we talked about her. Guess who is now saying slanderous stuff about her? <gasps> Stop it. That fucking cunt, Candace Owens. What? She went on her one of her twatter rants because you know she she's selling a book right now. Plus she's pregnant, mm. so I feel sorry for her, that spawn that's going to come out of that womb. Mm. But she is out there spreading lies and misinformation, slander actually. Uh, about Breonna Taylor being a drug dealer. What? And, yes! The police broke into her house and murdered her. Not mentioning the no-knock, blaming everything that uh, on Kenneth Walker, her boyfriend, who fired that warning shot because it was a no-knock warrant. He thought someone was breaking into the house. Hello? So she's out there spreading her propaganda false narrative. Actually, excuse me, it's a false narrative of Breonna Taylor's story. I don't care if anyone so, was a drug dealer. They should still be protected and should not be murdered in their own home. Exactly. I don't care. I don't care what they do for a job. I don't care if they're a sex worker. I don't care if they're a drug dealer. I don't care if they're a pharmaceutical rep. I don't care if they're a heroin addict. I don't want anyone to be right murdered. To judge it and Without you, yeah, justice. To be judge and executioner. It's just, it's too much power in the hands of too few people. And I don't even, <sighs> we should have a de-escalation training. I wish that there weren't any guns in the law enforcement. I don't understand why we have to shoot first and ask questions later. Shouldn't we ask questions first and not shoot because we are we shouldn't be murdering people? Isn't it life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness? If you gun someone down without even talking to them first, how is that how is that giving them they have hu- they have human rights. But I guess some people do yeah. and some people don't because some Americans are worth it and some aren't because of the color of their skin. I Screw you, America. You suck. <laughs> well, um, I know, right? Latoya, closing words um, from you because we got to – I'm going to take a tiny break, go potty, and then I, um, we're going to be talking – I'm talking with David Barbary about, about co-parenting in the second hour, which is very interesting. I co-parent a cat. Um two cats and he co-parents children. I know a couple of people that co-parent now and I think it's a very interesting like and very healthy way to to raise a spawn, you know? <laughs> yeah, especially co-parenting in a time like this. Jesus. Um, last word. Um, please vote. If you're in a state where it's early voting, that should be going on right now. Check your uh, voting status. Make sure you're not being purged. Um, vote. Uh, don't vote for that other guy either. Come on, really seriously, you're a fucking white supremacist if you vote for that guy. I, I agree. Really, with that. seriously. Yeah. But uh, yeah, 
and uh, have a good week. You're the best. Isn't this week is so much You're nicer than last week? Last week I was crying and sad faced, and now I'm like, oh, everything's everything's fine. Sometimes oh, it's just dead. perspective shift, you know, perspective. Uh, you're the best. You're Thanks for going through so um, the debates with me, and we'll see. Uh, we'll see what falls apart next week. All right, we'll see. It's never a dull moment. Never a dull moment. Okay, love, love, love. Bye. Love. Bye. Yay, Latoya, the sheriff of truth. Hi, David. Hey, hey I just finished up a phone conversation with LaToya, the Sheriff of Truth, and I have to potty. So um, I'm going to put a couple commercials on real quick, and then we're going to be right back with David All Barbary right. talking about co-parenting today on the second half of Some Call Me Tim. So uh, if that's okay with you, we're going to do that because... Yeah, it's uh, pronounced barely. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of Mutiny Radio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> As the world gets wackier and less predictable in every way, it is more important than ever for us to all remember our roots. We wouldn't be here today if our ancestors hadn't had the capacity and the skills to take care of themselves and their communities using the resources in the natural world around them and their own two hands. My name is Wonia Thibault of Buckskin Revolution and Alone Season 6, and I started Buckskin Revolution not just to empower people with a wider range of skills to meet their basic needs, but also to inspire them with a sense of fulfillment and connection that comes with living a little closer to the earth and using our bodies, our minds, and our very DNA for what they evolved to do, to help us thrive without the need for modern technology and industry. If that sounds appealing to you, I hope you'll join me for the Fall 2020 Buckskin Revolution Online Skills Gathering, an eight-week learning experience designed to work within any schedule. It involves pre-recorded classes, live interactive sessions, and online community learning support from both myself and your fellow students. The need for these skills has never been more pressing, and Buckskin Revolution is working hard to bring them to you. I hope you can join us. Get connected with yourself and the world around you at buckskinrevolution.com. Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Well, shoot. From time to time, I've given it a thought of two. You know, if you go to Joke Workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. 
Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things to you before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dang nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! All right, we are back here on Some Call Me Tim, and I have David on the phone. Hi. Hey, how are you doing? Can you hear me good? Yeah, absolutely. Super clean, nice connection there. Uh, all right. So not just a comedian, but also a dad. <laughs> yeah, that's a fun time. Yeah, how old's your uh, how old's your child? He's four. Four. Oh, that's the most fun age. Oh, like they're out of that. They're starting to be little people, you know, like, and it's uh, have their own, their their darling little personalities. Um, yeah. So tell us about tell us about uh, what it's like to be uh, a dad and a and a and a co-parent. I I co-parent a cat, and I have a friend who co-parents a dog, but I'm sure that um, when it comes from your own body, it's a little different. <laughs> yeah, it's a little different. Um, I'll say before COVID. You know, things were a lot different because there's a lot more stuff to do and take in places and do those uh, co-parenting type of things, you know, like be able to go to the ride the train, you know, or things like that. And now that everything is, I guess you could say reopening, you can kind of get back to what they call quote unquote normal, but um, there isn't really any normal when you're, you know, a parent, you got to worry about did this person wash their hands? Is this person social distancing correctly is, you know, all of a sudden you're worrying about all these things that, you know, you never really thought you'd worry about. Well, and, and back and up a little bit. When you're a co-parent, you're not, are you, are you single? You're not in a relate, you're not in an, you're no longer like in an intimate relationship with this person, correct. but you both yeah, love the crap we're out of your child and you're, and you're still really good friends and you, you exactly. maintain a positive relationship with one another. Exactly, exactly. Uh, my son's mother and I have a great relationship like that where we're really great friends with each other. And I hear so many different stories where, you know, they ended up on Mori or something because they couldn't figure out, you know, how to get along. And, you know, like normal people, we all have our moments. But, you know, if we can catch that moment soon enough, we might be able to, you know, stay friends. That's just how it always goes. And I actually have a funny story about that. Um we had um, we had a an event that happened to me. Uh, my car was involved in a hit and run. Oh, no. um, I was not in the car. I was actually hanging out in my room ready to go to work that day. And my roommate comes knocking to my door and says, your car was just hit. And I was like, what? No way. And I went out there, and lo and behold, it was pushed over about, you know, five or six feet from where it was originally parked. And just lo and behold, you know, no one saw anything type of situation. And um, my son's mother, she actually uh, came out and uh, came out to help me out. She basically helped me, you know, try to get information and stuff like that. And, you know, 
so she, we had thought about it for a couple of days, and people were telling me my insurance wasn't going to cover the uh, incident because I guess I couldn't prove that it happened oh. type of story. And I was telling her about it, and, you know, there's a few people suggesting, oh, start a GoFundMe. Well, good idea. And she did. Well, when she put it up, she put, you know, my friend, my friend this, my friend that, friend this, friend that, in the uh, in the GoFundMe thing. And I was fine with that because, well, we are friends. So, you know, she didn't need to really get into super – Right. She didn't she didn't need to divulge your entire relationship and say the father of my child that we co-parent who is still my friend. We have a functional relationship with one another. I'm putting together a GoFundMe. Yeah, exactly. Well, what happened was she put it up and then all of a sudden, you know, um, I guess I'm somewhat, I don't know, Facebook famous or something. I don't know what the hell. But. All of a sudden, people just started messaging me, like, on the Facebook Messenger, like, oh, how come she said your friend, your friend, your friend? And I'm like, oh, my goodness, what's going on here? And and uh, I reached out to tell her this. You know, it's, like, kind of funny, like, like, hey, all these people are so offended that you worded it that way. And she's like, oh, my God, really? And she's like, well, I'll change the wording. I was like, no, 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 don't change it. Don't change it. And, uh, well, lo and behold, she did go change it. And... Um, she put my son's father, you know, and I'm like, it sounded so much better when you said friend. I'm sorry. Right. You know? right. And, and, Absolutely. And, uh, and, you know, we, we got a little flack for that too. Like, Oh, well then how come, you know, it, it, it was a lose, lose situation. No matter what I left to go fuck me up just to kind of fuck with all of them. <laughs> and, um, I was like, well, you know, you don't like it. Don't fucking look at it. Fuck you. Well, is, um, is there a stigma that you, feel like you come you you come across with having having that you're not in in an intimate relationship anymore when you have a child together is that like is there some sort of you know external societal stigma and stereotype that you feel affected by or is it just well yeah you know what i don't know how many single parents out there listening or how many people are listening in but i can tell you this um and probably most of them would agree that if you're friends with the the uh, the, ch- the mother of the child, um, people don't for some reason the perception is that can't be possible. It's huh. either that you are together or you're nothing. Wow. And um, I so I guess we're starting a whole new trend where you could be friends with the person, and you should be because it's in the best interest of the child. It doesn't really have anything to do with you know, like me or her, it's, it's all about him. We right. always talk about what's best for him. And we figured out when we get along, that's best for him because then we can communicate and be like, Hey, I'm doing this over here at my house. Can you do it at yours too? Right. Sure. Without that communication, it's like, Hey, screw yourself. Here's the kid for the weekend. Good luck. Right. And, and that's, and, it's so much the, um, in the, in the seventies, the sort of Kramer versus Kramer idea of using the child to hurt the other person. I'm upset that our relationship is no longer together, therefore I'm using the child as a pawn to get back at you or telling them things or pumping them for information or or just making them somehow a chess piece being passed between two people that Oh yeah. I mean that's that's that must be detrimental. And I've heard, you know, you know, mommy's house has lots of rules, but daddy's condo has two pools. <laughs> like, what? 
but, but what do you, how, how difficult for a child if you have to go through a kind of court situation and ask them what they want? I, there's no reason why two people can't break up an intimate relationship but still see that although their the intimacy is gone in that way from each other, you still share this wonderful, beautiful thing you made together. And that you have to work with one another to, because otherwise it's going to mess them up. Like when they always, oh, the child of divorce, the child of divorce. Well, why do we have to use it? Why can't, why can't we change the language and say, I'm the child of co-parenting? What, you know, so that there isn't, I think, I mean, I grew, I'm, I'm, was born in 1974. So when kids, when I was younger, had parents that were divorced, it was like, (gasps) Shh, their parents are. It's like, and there was a weird stigma about that. But if mm-hmm. if we just kind of change the language, it almost changes the way we look at. Yeah. Were, were you well, married? Were you married to your co-parent? No, no, we were oh, we were together for for a while, and you know, it's just we figured out that we're better friends than anything else. You know, and it took time to figure that out but we we did figure it out over time yeah and you know we did have our our sticky situations in the beginning and we had plenty of people that you know could want to talk crap and whatever and especially when i got involved with the comedy scene um you know there was some shows that went really well and there was some shows that well could have went better and you know there's some people out there that like to talk sh- Talk you can swear. Yeah. No, I don't. Okay, yeah. I'm just trying to think about like what I'm trying to say here. So there's some people out there that want to talk about their shit, and then there's some people out there that just want to talk shit. Right. And um, you know, it's I have my little. I, I I've been feeling like over a while now, at least the last six months, and then maybe you know maybe COVID has made me realize this, but um, our last show for Bearby Productions was in December of eighteen. And we haven't done anything since and haven't really mentioned anything of the sort since then. This is the first thing that I've done, you know, any talking-wise. Um, and, you know, we had hinted at a few different ideas and things like that. But one thing I've learned was, you know, when you're friends with a bunch of different comedians, you get a lot of different uh, – or, or enemies, you know. Depends on who you ask about me. Uh, <laughs> don't really care what they say anyway, but um, – you know, when you when you go ask like uh, one of them for advice, for example, let's say like I know one comedian who has kids, I could be like, hey, you know, what would you do in this situation? It, it's different, you know, because when you're, because there was a time where we weren't talking, my son's mother and I, oh. and we had to figure out, you know, how to talk without talking. Right. And and then we figured out that we could talk without being together because the whole the whole thing that kept us from talking is every time that we did people would see us in target together getting clothes for our son and they'd be like oh my god there's there's you know there's them two right there you know like let's go post about it on facebook and every time i turned around that's that was what was happening i'm like are you kidding me are you fucking kidding me right now like suck my motherfucking dick you don't like it don't look what the hell yeah and why i mean is, is is are their lives so boring that they have to make you a target of in target that makes no sense like 
<laughs> yeah, I'm a target in Target, exactly. <laughs> but uh, I used to joke that I was the blue light special in Kmart and the target in Target. And, um, you know, it was kind of funny because, you know, there was a moment where we were doing a bunch of shows in a row and, you know, I was still a dad at this time. You know, I mean, this was like only a couple of years ago. And you have people... When you know when people notice that they're you know you're not tagging each other a lot in Facebook posts or something like that, they're like, "Oh my God, is everything okay? Are you guys okay? Is everything okay? Yeah, we're fine, but we don't need to tag each other in every single post." Right. You know, like if I have a cute picture of him, I'll be like, "Tag, remember this?" Yeah, but not every single thing. I'm gonna go uh, do this today, tagger. You know what I mean? Like. She has her life. I have my life, and sometimes we will we'll do things together for our son, like a family outing. We'll call it a family outing where we'll take, like I said, we'll take him to a train ride or a zoo or whatever right. the case may be. That's somewhere that's a mutual fun place. But when you post those pictures up, I mean, she's in them on my timeline, and I'm in on her timeline. And then everybody's oh God, jumping guys, in with yeah, it. Yeah, you're like, going to get back together. You guys made up. It's so great. Well, right because now. you can't possibly <laughs> be a person without being in a relationship. I, I think yeah, that I think a lot yeah. of that comes down to sort of the, the Bechdel test. Um, when I um, – when I was in a relationship, I was I used to be married, and I didn't have any kids with my um, my husband. Uh, luckily, oh, there's a there's a turd in there. Watch out! I th- uh, <laughs> the water was broken, and I didn't know it, and so there's a there's a turd in the toilet, and my landlord's nice. here, so I feel terrible for him. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, welcome but to- I know welcome to welcome to the building where where there's a uh, where there's a turd <laughs> in my toilet, and I feel and I when it happened, I was like, oh no, oh no, I won't flush, and then I was. Anyways, that's what happened in the interim. That's, I am way too honest, I think, is the problem with no, uh, everything. Part. So, oh, my goodness. But why – so when I used to be married, it was really difficult for people to, like, ask me how I was doing. With Within one or two sentences, it would be, well, how's, how's your husband? How's Keith doing? And it's like my – how I was doing somehow was not – Not – yeah, that it was – that my relationship with my partner was something that was commentable on or that I what and it was like the, are you asking how I'm doing or are you like what are you what are you asking about like why and maybe that's just human nature and how we ask people well, about questions or how we want to be involved in their lives or but you know what's funny is uh when we you know, we separated and we were apart for a while. We decided that, you know, we want to try to date other people and see, like, what that's like. Um, and, you know, we're honest with each other. I'll be like, hey, you know, I'm talking to this person. I'm not, I haven't, in, you know, in, introduced them to the kid yet, which, you know, that's another thing, too. Like, right. I don't, I don't just bring just anyone around him. It's got to be like, I got to make sure that you're going to be worth my time before I can even do that. And, she kind of feels the same way about that, you know, in some similar way. Um, and there was some case where, um, you know, I think either she was dating or I was dating, but it became a big deal because people made it a big deal. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, I seen her over here with this guy and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and, you know, you just kept hearing it from like different people and, 
and I'm like, oh my god, you know, and of course you have to meet the guy because if he's around your kid, you want to make sure that he's like a normal person, and all of a sudden you become like really like, okay, is he normal? Is he is he a safe person? Is he gonna do anything to our kid? You know, like it, it, you just start thinking about all these things because everybody's telling you all this stuff. Right. And so we we've learned just to keep that between us and not even you know <laughs> mention it sure. to like anyone basically and because um, like you know when when I'm talking to a girl and I'm like trying to see if I'm gonna take her on a date or whatever because you know I've been single for a while and dating during COVID is not the easiest it's thing. So I mean I don't have any idea how it's supposed to work. I'm yeah, not, I'm not on Tinder. I know, right? Like, no one's no one's asked. I haven't been asked out on any dates during COVID, but also I also don't tend. I also don't do any. I don't do any online platforms. Well, yeah. So well, that's all you got, right? And I don't know. I guess that's do. what people do. I I don't know. Are there any like forums for co-parenting where you're like, I have a psych. I co-parented. Do you want a date? <laughs> like. It's like, hi, I'm David. I'm a, I'm the parent. <laughs> hi, David. Well, and but doesn't uh, it doesn't it make it must make a difference that it does? No, it does. Cause because you have you know, another. People... It's not just a relationship. Like, I mean, I guess you don't have to involve your son in anything like that. But I can't imagine that a relationship would go very far without involving him, since no, no, he's such a big part right. of your life and. He, he would – so whenever I meet somebody, I have to be like, okay, look, I have a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, he's four years old. I'll show you a picture or two. got plenty of them on my Facebook. You know, and um, I tell people, like, he's very important to me. So there might be a – like, let's say I had a date planned with you, for example, and I don't know, something came up with him. I'm going to cancel whatever you and I are doing to go do whatever – is involving him oh. and you, so then you need to find somebody that's willing to understand like why he's so important well, that he's so your priority important. that you yeah, have like, you you have prioritized and yeah and he is a priority yeah of course you gotta, you gotta definitely but, but it's hard to find somebody you know to that to understand that like right you know that's why i think like his mom and I get along so well because we understand that we have a kid. Yeah. You know, we don't have to explain it to each other. We don't have to be like, oh, I have a kid. We just know we have a kid. Right. So it's not like I have to sit there and write her a book like why I can't watch him this day or well, and how does that available. how does that work out? You are you fifty fifty or just does... yeah, I'd say we're fifty fifty. It's like every we've been doing every three three days on, three days off, oh, back and forth. All right, it all kind of, yeah, it works out perfectly. And actually, sometimes we do more days depending on work schedule. Sure. Um, my work schedule is changing currently, so we're actually going to work around whatever it's going to be going forward. But, um, you know, COVID has made things a lot harder because, you know, I did used to take him to places. Matter of fact, I, I did get to take him to to Roaring Camp. If you're I love that. Yes, it's in, it's in Santa Cruz. It's in Scotts Valley. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, my gosh. That is so fun. And I, who doesn't love trains? What four-year-old right. boy doesn't love – well, any four-year-old in general, What do, who doesn't love trains? Like, love them. Yeah, um, of course. We, we went there. We've been there before, but, you know, he hasn't been doing anything during all of COVID. So once I heard they were open, I was like, hey, you know, then this is the thing where you, you do. If you're a co-parent and you're a good co-parent and you have good communication – 
or you want to have a good, let's just say, friendship with the mother of your child because let's just put it this way. You can either spend the rest of your life fighting or you could spend the rest of your life being friends and just getting along. Right. It takes, the same, it takes the same amount of energy to be angry and resentful as it does to be cooperative and happy. Same amount of yeah, energy. Exactly. It's just how you decide to focus it. And if exactly. you want to hate that person forever, but you can also, that's the thing too, is that your child is going to feel that animosity. Mm -hmm. There's no way that yep. they can't. And there's, yep. th they, that they'll feel in the middle and they'll be having, you know, feelings that maybe they don't feel comfortable sharing because they don't have a model of two people constructively communicating. So if, if the only model that you have of your parents' inner communication skills is negative, you, you wonder what's going to happen because that's what you're going to, that's what the child will pattern after and how people speak to one another, how, what kind of respect is used and what is, you know, how just, but that's the thing, respecting each other. That's the most important thing you can teach a kid, right? Is, it is. how to respect the feelings of those around them and not be... Yeah just overtly self-centered but every kid obviously is the center of their own universe <laughs> yeah, yeah so well, we 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 said this we said you know we could hate each other for the rest of our lives and end up with a kid that's going to be just like our current president <sighs> or we could get along and he could be a billion times better than our current president. Yeah. You know, if you want to get political, like that's how I kind of base things. Like, depending on how things are going in your life, and if you're letting those things reflect onto your child, that's why your child's going to grow up to be, you know, the way they're going to be. And then you can always just ask yourself, why did that happen? Right. Well, it's your fault because you let it happen. Experientially, and, yeah. And, um, you know, because you only get one chance because they only grow up once, right? right? So you can't like, okay, you're 40, I fucked up, let's go back to when you were four and start over again. <laughs> you know, like... Well, that's what you that do. That's what you do with the psychologist later. <laughs> that's what you... <laughs> when you go right. back and, and you say, oh, it was that, that was the moment that I... Well, so um, I, I almost, I almost had a child with, in my first marriage and I didn't. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm really, I'm really lucky that I didn't, but... While we were still together, and we were, he wanted to have a baby pretty badly, and I had said, you know, I really don't want to have a child until I've accomplished. I wanted to go to graduate school, and I was like, I didn't. I don't think that I'm afraid to have a baby before I get my graduate degree that I always wanted, because I don't want to grow up. I don't want to raise a child that even in the back of their mind thinks that I put on them. Mommy could have been something if it wasn't for you. And and, oh, and that's yeah. not do you know what I mean? But I never and I never I didn't have a kid and I'm and I'm glad I didn't because even if I didn't mean for that to be the message, I have a feeling that if I would have had a child instead of going to graduate school, that would have been somehow transferred onto the child. That either either I'd be like this crazy dance mom that would be like, "You dance, you act. I'm your agent. We're going to we're go right now. Let's get on America's Next Top Model and America's Next Top Comedian. I'm getting you on everything so I can live vicariously through you because I was never good enough. So I didn't want to do that, but I also didn't want them to feel like my mom is somehow 
holding resentment or angry at me because she didn't get to accomplish something that she wanted to accomplish because of my presence. So, because yeah. I feel like that's a real heavy, that's a real heavy burden for a kid that they don't need, you know? Well, yeah. And we, well, our son was planned. It was all planned situation. And, and, uh, you know, we never really knew we were going to be where we are now. You know, you don't know where you're going to be tomorrow until tomorrow. That's my, right. that's my saying. Um, and, you know, like I said, there was some times where I had some other fellow producers and comics that, you know, were trying to call me out about certain things during really, like, tough patches in my personal life. And it kind of really reflected on me, you know, in my personal life as well because, you know, like, I have everybody, like, expecting me to be – they want me to be at this level, but I'm at this level. Right. And, you know, and, and they're saying, oh, well – you know, um, how can you guys be like, let's say going to, uh, like Casa de Fruta every weekend, but you're not together or something. You know, you get all these people asking all these different questions and the perception is so like one minded. You're not allowed to just hang out. You know what I mean? You're not allowed to just like take, Hey, you know what? It's mother's day. Let me take you to dinner. You're not allowed to do that because People automatically think they see you at the diner. They're like, oh, my God, look, they're having dinner together. And, you know, they don't bother to think, like, what day is it? You know, could it be the birthday? Could it be a, a what? You know, we're, we might be there for a reason. Well, but you're, and, what town are you in that people are in each other's business so hardcore? Because, like, well, I'm in San Francisco and I can't get anyone to pay attention to me, like, let alone know <laughs> who, my, who I'm seeing. And, like, what, what, is, what is happening in, like – you're, you're we live in Gilroy. We live in Hollister. Hollister. Like, you know, you had a, you, yeah, you had the last last week uh, when Reva called in. Yeah. Uh, she's from here as well. I We know each other really well. Right, uh, and she talked about how it's a Trumpy, it's a land of Trump, it, and how it scary is, yeah. it is. And she wore her Black Lives Matter shirt, and people like looked at looked at her cross-eyed in the parking lot of Target. Yeah, they don't they don't like that kind of stuff. And and so I'll tell you this: it's kind of funny, like. Uh, you see a lot of uh, Raiders fans and a lot of uh, 49ers fans when you, when you get into sports, and and I'm not either one of those fans. I, I like the Patriots, okay? So <laughs> when I go out there wearing my Patriots jersey, I tell you it's like, whoa, like where are you from? Are you from New England or something? No, I just got to choose my team when I was a kid. Yeah, you just and, you uh, just like winners. You just like Tom Brady. Well, it's no, fine. when I was a kid, when I was a kid though, they sucked. I oh, liked gotcha. them back yeah. in the 90s. Sure. You know, so so they just got good over the years. Here, here's and, here's a here's a real quick side tangent and then we'll go back. Sure. Um about Tom Brady. I think that he is misusing his talent. I don't think that he should be a quarterback. I think that he should – ooh, there's a ambulance. I think that he should be constantly jizzing into cups because <laughs> that is one of the only babies that I would put inside me right now. I would take some Tom Brady <laughs> sperm. I think he should have a huge sperm bank because I know that there's another president or a great quarterback or, like, you know, someone's going to solve cancer in that ball sack. Like, that ball sack is a magic, magic ball sack. And I feel like we need to have a whole army of Tom Brady's so that we – right? Like, who doesn't want some Tom Brady sperm, like, shoved oh up their twat to have the, the, the blonde baby of the future? Like, he could be the next spaceman. He could, he could colonize Mars. I'm just saying, Tom Brady. No, I <laughs> – that's just funny. That's an interesting way to look at it, but – um, yeah, you know, it's funny. I, I kind of laugh 
you know, and you get people, oh, Brady, this, it's just to touch on that with you. And matter of fact, I was at Buffalo Wild Wing the other day, and um, I had the Brady jersey on, and I only have the Patriots jersey. I didn't go buy a Tampa Bay jersey because I'm not switching teams. <laughs> and um, this little kid's like sitting no, I wouldn't say he's a little kid. He's probably like 16 or so, 17 maybe. And he kept like giving me this dirty look, and I couldn't figure out like what his problem was. And I noticed he was wearing a Peyton Manning's Broncos jersey. And I was like, why are you mad at me right now, dude? I don't even understand what's going on. And uh, I decided to ask you, but I looked up at the TV and I realized, oh, you know, Tampa Bay is playing the, the Broncos. And this little kid's like, oh, you're, you're a Buccaneers fan now? Because I had the red uh, Patriots jersey. And if you're an idiot, I guess you would think that. But um, – and I was like, dude, this is a New England jersey. I don't – what? And um, and uh, his mom kind of like slapped him upside the head like if you're going to attack somebody, make sure you know what team he's wearing first. <laughs> and, well, the funny thing about that was, though, is like I started thinking about it a different way, though. I think most people, like I guess a sports fan or just people would be like, oh, F you, kid, blah, blah, blah. But here's what I started thinking of. What if that was my kid? Mm. You know what I mean? Like – I kind of put myself in that parent's shoes. Like, it was just him and his mom. So I started thinking to myself, what if it was my son and his mother, and it was the same kind of situation? And how do I react? You know, and and uh, you don't react, you respond. That's something that she says a lot. Sure. And, um, and so, you know, what I learned from that situation, though, is that some people – parents or kids really well and then some people raised Donald Trump so, <laughs> so, I saw some you know. I saw some bad parenting on the bus the other day um, it was before COVID though um, just to just because I don't ride the bus anymore now now in COVID times it's too dangerous I think but um, a woman was ye- yelling at oh, her yeah. seven-year-old son on the bus and saying just terrible swear words, just mean, nasty things, just calling him names and swearing at him. And I looked at this kid and I just gave him a look of like, I'm so sorry, you know, like, and then when I, when I got off the bus, I made eye contact with the woman and I said, bad parenting. <laughs> and then I got off the bus and like ran. Cause I was totally afraid that she was going to come run after me. But I just wanted to give that kid like a little solidarity, like, dude, I'm sorry this is happening to you because yeah. Children learn by example. They are a little spongy collection of their experiences. And if they only understand communication through yelling and through, like, abusive language, that's how they're going to learn how to get their point across. It's the same thing you were bringing up with 45 is that the way that he attacks people is by calling them ugly and stupid. And that was that's obviously a learned behavior. You don't, you don't debate people by, you know, putting them down you discuss issues and you communicate and you find a, a common common, yeah, common ground common you ground. don't just mm-hmm. write them off because of because they don't agree with you right now well you know i don't know if you uh you know i i think you know who uh you're you're familiar with uh, johnny corn right yes absolutely okay so he i, I don't know if you heard but he had a, an incident recently and and uh, I, I shared his uh, on stage i didn't i didn't hear him no, no, he, uh, he, his, something that happened with his uh, spleen. 
Oh my goodness. And um, or pancreas or one of those two. I can't remember. He's uh, but it was a pretty serious thing, and it could have killed him basically. Oof. And the one thing I I saw the post and I I was like wow, and you know I reached out to him and I I shared his his GoFundMe in different groups and stuff. And I, I just started learning something. There's there's so many damn like haters everywhere. <laughs> you know, like not not like necessarily could be towards him or towards me, but just as in general, like people don't care. You could be like posting, "Oh my God, I'm dying right now," and somebody will be like, "Good for you." Right. You know, and and it's really shocking to me. Like, what would happen if you were to be walking into like I don't know Walmart, for example, and you just randomly had a heart attack right when you walked in would somebody stop and be like hey i care or would they keep going kind of like how you said on the bus you know nobody was telling that lady anything you're the only one who said something right so right. it's kind of it's really interesting like it's it's kind of like comes back to the whole full circle of like it's all that parenting thing you know it's it depends on how you were raised what was your relationship between your parents you know how how did they get along is going to be how you get along in life. Right. And, um, and it, it's not even always based on that either. It's actually based on how you parent. And if you parent like you're lazy, then, well, they're going to be lazy. If you parent like you you should be, they want to be something, then they're going to be something. Well, it's so hard, um, though. You're right, because of COVID in that, I mean, I used to nanny before COVID. And one of the things that I sort of sold myself on is I'm a zero screen time nanny. Like I don't, no one's on this. Nobody's looking at a phone. Nobody's watching TV. We're not on the internet. We're doing, we're doing things. We're doing projects. We're cooking. We're walking. We're at the park. We're we're out. We're we're around. We're doing art. We're et cetera, et cetera. We're playing. We're, We're doing things that don't involve screen time. But now with COVID, I'm sure that that is an impossibility. You, you'd have to have screen time. Like how, how can you possibly entertain them for? Well, see, I just, I just found out that our our parks are going to reopen. Oh, that's great. And it's funny because I was talking to, well, no, it's a great thing, but you got to think about it from now. This, this is like parenting aspect. So it's back to the whole, what kind of parent are you? Uh, And, you know, I was talking to his mom about it, and I was like, what do you think about this, you know, going to the park? Well, I didn't think of it the way that she put it. She's like, well, we don't know what these people have been doing the last, you know, six months. Have they been staying away from people? Have they been around somebody that had it? You know, what precautions have they taken? Did they have it at some point? Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's the, it's the public park. There's going to be hundreds of kids there because it's been closed for months. And, I mean, the playground wasn't always a clean place anyway, um, but I, I didn't really ever think, you know, you never had to really be afraid of the park until now. <sighs> I think, like, wow, you used to be able to go do whatever the hell I wanted, but now you just can't do that. Right. And I see so many people that, that don't understand this, this put your mask on. Right. Like, I don't understand, like, what's so hard about that, first of all. Like, look, my little four-year-old will put his mask on without arguing with me at all. Oh, like, hey, put your mask on or you can't go in to Target with me. Sure. Okay, Dad, no problem. Puts it on. Yeah. Wears it the whole time. It's great. And, and they're annoying and they suck, but it's yeah, just the way it is. Like, we yeah, really like, – here's, 
in San Francisco, we've only had 96 deaths and yeah. uh, in San Francisco County. And I think that's amazing. And I'm like, what are we doing that's different? And I guess it's that we shut down super early and people give a fuck and wear their masks. And yeah. I guess in places like Arizona and in Florida, people just aren't. They're just like, eh, I don't believe in it. And it's like, but there's like actual factual research and stuff like joy i know you're an american but you, sometimes you got to do what people tell you i know life liberty and the pursuit of happiness but for the good of all sometimes we have to infringe a little bit upon your personal liberties i'm sorry but maybe that's a slippery slope maybe i'm a, maybe i'm a fascist for saying that i don't know but well you know one thing i've, I've learned about like i said the, the co-parenting is definitely an interesting thing because when you co-parenting is like it's it's basically cooperating you know with each other so and it's funny you got to kind of break down like that's not how you say cooperating you say cooperating i say cooperating because right. you've got to it, it it kind of is the same thing in some sense where you know if one person disagrees with a certain thing that the other is doing the other has to be able to take that constructive criticism and alter their way to that way. Absolutely. If and one parent is giving ice cream for breakfast, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and you go, wait a minute, uh, the ice cream candy bar breakfast is something that we should have a conversation about because the, the, the child is going to realize like, ooh, the rules are different at both places. I can get away with this here. I can do this here. I mean, you kind of almost create a, a sneaky little person that well, we, has to figure we, out which, and then it's so hard because the context is so different. Like rules are yeah. one, you know, like it's let's, confusing. for example, I wear my mask around dad, but my mom doesn't make me wear my mask. Well, then we're sending mixed messages or I get to watch, you know, certain TV things and then, but, and that can become a problem if there's, it, the child can use it as a wedge against you both. And then, and then they're becoming manipulative because mm -hmm. of the lack of communication. Mm -hmm. I have yep. a question. What's the most, what's the best thing about being a co-parent and the thing you find the most difficult about being a co-parent? Well, honestly, the best thing is like, I can be able to call her and be like, look, or we can do the, the FaceTime and be like, look at this cute thing he's doing, you know, like right now, um, I, I, I guess the worst thing sometimes could be how you communicate something, um, because maybe I might say something a certain way, but I meant it a, another way, but you know, in, in the moment I don't think about it. I'm just like, ah, oh, he doesn't wipe his fucking ass at my house the right way, huh. for example. And that might become like something that's like, Oh, why do you say it like that? Mm. You know? And so it, I would say the communicating part sometimes isn't always the easiest because it's almost like walking on eggshells. You have to be really careful about what you're going to say. You know, I don't want to make it sound like, oh, you can't just say anything, but you got to, you got to say it with some diplomacy. Uh, be, yeah. You got to, you got to be vigilant or I guess, is that the word I'm looking for? Vigilant? Sure. Vigilant. But about your language. You be, yeah. Sure. Yeah. You got to be vigilant about it. You got to be 
you know, careful. You gotta, Mindful. you gotta think about other people's feelings. Yeah. And, and I've just seen so many of my friends who don't get along with their ex-wives or even their wives or yeah, girlfriends sure. or whatever that have kids. And I, I'm sitting there and I'm watching them argue over butter. Uh-huh. uh-huh. And I'm like, thank right. God. Yeah. That I'm not arguing with somebody over fucking butter. Right. Like, if you want the butter, take the damn butter. You know, where would you like the butter? It's the fight. The fight that happens isn't always the fight that you're having. You yeah, know? it's always you. Always end up fighting over something that is the smallest, mini, like the smallest thing. Sure. But you're mad about something else that can't be like fixed. Sure. You know, it's just it's just broken. It's always going to be broken, and you can't fix it. You know, you broke the you broke the the glass in half and you can't put it back together. Right. Well, uh, I mean, I guess you can, you just have to start over. I mean, if, you're, if your yeah, glass you're, breaks, it's dangerous until you melt it back down in the fire and try to reforge it. But you still yeah. can. I don't think that anything is permanently broken forever. No, I, I you don't think put it, it back together, but it's never put back together in the same sequence, is sure, I guess what I'm saying. Sure, You know, everything happens differently. you got to you got to do things differently. What we figured out is Let's not talk every day. Huh. If we talk every day, we find out that, you know, we'll end up arguing over something that's just, you know. Mundane. Something yeah. that you shouldn't really argue about. Sure. And so we realize let's talk when we need to talk. So if it has something to do with like, hey, my work schedule's changing or, um, you know, I need to take him out of school these days or – you know, then it, it, you are start you, talking about things. That, are you still in sorry, school? Then. Is he still in school? Is, is there preschool yeah, actually, happening? Yeah, he is actually being. A, he's one of the very lucky few that gets to go to preschool. It's very uh, different. And I'm glad that he's able to go. It's a very small. It's it's operated out of a, out of a house, and um, and the lady does her part as far as you know the social distancing and all these things. Sure. And I guess the kids. She was just telling me the other day the kids have to wear. These little like uh, face face coverings, uh-huh. uh, you know, like those see through face coverings, yeah, you know, yeah. for any kind of interaction even. between each other. Wow! And I was like, wow, that's that's different. It's and like um, the, it's like the it's scary like dystopian futurescape, but yeah, <laughs> keep whatever whatever they need to be safe. I mean, yeah, whatever they need, you know. And and he loves going there. He has his little friends, and you know, we didn't want to we don't want to take him out, you know, because. We, we had him out for a little bit, but then we realized, okay, you know, every once in a while a break is nice, you know, and, and yeah. when, <laughs> when we're at work um, all day and we don't really have anyone there to be able to watch him, it's kind of like, well, what do we do? You know, you got to have him somewhere and, and, um, and socialization, socialization is so important and that's what's been so scary oh, yeah. about COVID is that we're humans are social creatures and now we've been literally socially distanced and the internet just isn't making up the difference. I I think there's humans crave social human interaction with one another and it's hard to be distant and they're children. We can't, it's so weird and scary to think of children growing up in a place where they can't, you know, play freely with other kids. Like, yikes. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you this. You asked me what's going on over here where we live. It's it's a small, you know, community with a bunch of one-sided, you know, thinking. And um, 
it reminds me of a time, and I'll keep this short for you, but it reminds me of a time when I uh, I started a taxi company in my early 20s here, and um, it, it was actually really popular. Well, actually, I, I guess you should say I started with Yellow Cab, and then I decided that I could do my own taxi company. And when we went to city council to fight against the other companies to to move in, it was me and another guy. We had a, he had a limousine company. We weren't going to do it the traditional taxi cab way. We were going to have, like, really nice Lincoln Town cars. You know, we were going to run during the hours when everybody else was closed, which was pretty much overnight. Sure. And this is kind of like parenting in a way. You know, I think this kind of got me mentally prepared because, you know, I had so many people against this idea, and they were like, oh, my God, you know, like, you can't do that. And, and I'll tell you this, it, it's it's – you do one thing wrong, and no matter where you go or what you do, people are like, oh, my God, there's there's David. Look, you know, he had, you know, a show that didn't go over very well, blah, 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 you know, and and um, and I don't – actually, I kind of embrace my haters, to be honest with you. Sure. I really enjoy – I enjoy my haters. I They give me something to do during my time of not being – doing nothing. Um, I had a, a pretty known comic. I won't say his name because I don't feel like giving him any credit. But he tried to call me out for something on one of his groups. And and I was like, you know what, dude? Like, I'm sorry your life is so boring. You can't keep my name out of your mouth. Right. You know, like, does it taste good or what? <laughs> and, and he, he, That's a really good know, comeback. I like that a lot. That's we, really we, funny. We went separate ways after that but you know it's kind of like don't call me out if you're not ready to you know talk about it and i'll admit you know some of my shows were an ultimate failure and and you as a comic or producer as well know that not every show is going to be great i know i'm a little bit nervous about my show tonight but don't be nervous (laughs) well not nervous like about how i'm going to perform but the last two of them had sold out with 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 reservations and this one hasn't so i'm like oh well hey you never know they're gonna they're gonna hear you and they're gonna want to come see you that's just you got to be positive about these yes got to be positive never be negative i gotta come see you though you're always performing up there yeah um you know i don't i don't have a car so um Mm. i'm kind of san francisco based I've been spending a lot of time in Oakland, though, because of that Fairyland mic that's out in front of the Fairyland sign. Oh, yeah, I heard about that. It's really great. And uh, also, there's a Monday one in Alameda, and I've been getting rides over there. And it's just so funny because I never – I never crossed the bridge before COVID. And now I'm like, there's an outdoor – there's an outdoor mic. (laughs) I got to get there. Um, Yeah, you got to keep your name out there. Right. Well, and I – but I've got – I've got two shows here, one at Asiento up the street that's tonight. And then every Friday at 7, I do an outdoor comedy show here at Mutiny. And I've been doing them since um, April. So – Wow. Yeah, I know. At the the very beginning of COVID, I was like, this is safe. We're outside. Everyone's socially distanced. Um, And I'm sure I wasn't supposed to, but I was. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, it didn't stop you. Right? It didn't stop me, and nobody stopped me. So, and besides it's, that, it's people good. need to laugh, right? That's a necessity, isn't it? Well, I mean, I'm a narcissist that needs stage time. So, I mean, I don't, <laughs> I, I feel more comfortable on stage than I do in real life. So that's yeah. a thing. But well, I just need. I really enjoyed my time with you. I mean, like I, I, I had wanted to be on your show for a long time just to, just to be, get on here and just talk to you. Yeah. Um, 
and you know it's kind of funny like uh i never really thought i'd be talking about like telling people giving people advice about co-parenting or things like that but i find myself doing that a lot because i see people who make it so hard for themselves and they could just make it so much easier if they're willing just to turn on their listening ears and just be able to be like okay i'm willing to put all your bullshit aside i'm and they're willing to put all your bullshit aside and I'm willing to try to co-parent with you. I'm willing to try to be your friend. Like, let's do that. That's what's best for our child. And we figure out, you know what? It is because he's so much happier when we get along. And, I, and I've noticed that. And, and, uh, and you know, it's a mutual notice. And we just figured out, you know, the best way, you know, is, is like, I guess when we tag each other in, in any kind of uh, – <laughs> You know, post, let's make right. sure we put son's mother or father of my child, you know, let's make sure we Because the semantics, the, the semantics are so important. I think that what you said, though, is that, that I really agree with is it's co-operation. Like, you can't operate without the co. Like, it's togetherness right. to operate. Co-operation, yeah, cooperation. And the more we think about that, that... Things are gonna things are gonna happen whether we cooperate or not, but we can make them yeah. easier and we can make them better if we if it's open communication and honesty and not hiding issues under other issues or using your child to get back at a person just because two people aren't in a sexually intimate relationship anymore with one another does not mean that they can't successfully raise a child. Like yeah. why can't two friends raise a child together that it sounds like there'll be even less fighting than there would be and sometimes sometimes maybe it's better for parents not to live together because trying to stay together for a child can also fuck up the child and they're like well my parents were unhappy all the time because of me i mean that's gotta yeah, that's gotta give some weird psychic resonance and juju for a long time that my parents are both unhappy around each other because they're trying to make me happy yeah, you've got to really think about, you know, that's what I said, I think, at the beginning of this, somewhere in here, but I, I think you got to really think about every choice that you make, because every choice that you make, you're also making that same choice for the child, yeah. and you got to think about that every time you make a choice, like, should I drink this beer and drive home? <laughs> should I, should I, you know, I mean, you don't have your kid, I'm saying it's your night off, but like, should I do it? Um, should I you know, uh, introduce them to this girl because I've been talking to her for a few days. Should I do that? You know, every, right. every should sure. I could, could alter the whole thing and just screw up everything. And I think about that all the time. Like, man, you know, his mom and I have been through so much and we're finally at that point where we could say we're friends. That's so good. And people are so shocked or, or thrown off when we say that's my friend or my friend, you know, and, and I'll be like, Oh, my friend, yeah. you know, and, and that's they'll the way be it like, should be. <laughs> but people just correct me immediately. And they're like, Oh, you mean your son's mother? And I'm like, uh, sure. I swear I'm going to start a freaking whole sitcom about this or right. something. Call my son's mother. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Call it friends. But, just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> um, the comeback now, uh, but I told her I told her about this, and she couldn't believe it. 
you know, she reworded it. And I told her, you shouldn't have done it because I think we gave people what they wanted. Mm. You know, we gave people that this whole, like, they wanted us to say that. Yeah. And now we did. And now they all shut the fuck up. And they didn't do anything about it anyway. They all just complained that it was a certain way written. And then once we corrected it, it's kind of like, okay, you corrected it. Thanks, guy. Yeah. You know, I'm like, Jesus Christ. Like, what the hell's going on here? And um, I don't know. Facebook is for busy bodies and, nose, and everyone's noses wants to be, be in everybody's business. But I also think that has to do a lot with COVID right now, that people are bored. It does. And so they like yeah. to create and they miss the drama that was once pregnant in their lives. And because we haven't had the social interaction to be able to have drama in real lives, it's becoming like strange internet beef that doesn't need to, I mean, I've experienced it. I've experienced the haters and the beef for no reason. And, uh, but only that, I think it's just symptomatic of what's happening right now in the breakdown of our relationships socially, just in public. So. Well, look at that. Look at that whole thing. I'll I'll just, I'll say this. Look at that. This is what it kind of reminds me of. Look at that whole thing with like the rapper Eminem versus uh, Nick Cannon. It's always been a thing for as long as anybody can remember. And Nick Cannon goes and makes these, what, four songs against Eminem. Eminem doesn't respond to him at all. And now we, we, we're we here in COVID and there's nothing going on. You got Nick Cannon trying basically to apologize to Eminem and Eminem still hasn't nothing at just all. doesn't acknowledge and, it exactly that's what i've been I'm doing just sitting, I just thinking to myself like maybe i need to do that you know <laughs> what i mean maybe maybe like if i see somebody saying oh isn't that your son's mother or oh isn't that the mother of your child or whatever they however they want to word it isn't that that girl you had a kid with you know however they want to word it i should just be like yeah i should just agree i should just like act like you know like they, you know, like uh, I should just either ignore. I think how am I trying to say it? I want to ignore it. Yeah. So I want to kind of like. You just don't give it any validity whatsoever, and then they go away. That's how it works. Exactly. Like don't even mention it. Don't like, even. Yeah. Don't even worry about it. Yeah. 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 So, well, it's been really nice talking to you. Yes, David, it was. This has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for calling into Some Call Me Tim. I've really enjoyed our conversation about co-parenting. I think you're, an, just from talking to you, sound like an excellent parent just because you're thinking about it. You think about your kid. God bless you. you got to think about them. you got to. It's great because I don't think everybody thinks about their kids. They and they just they are like accessories <laughs> or they're part of their, but it's, I'm really excited that you're doing well. Raising yeah, a cool you kid. Do you gotta do. That's yeah. awesome. And, you know, I will say this, Therapy Productions will be making a comeback. We're going to do awesome. some comedy events soon, so keep an eye out. Sweet. Hey, well, yeah. thanks so much for calling in, and uh, I uh, hope you have a great day. You too. And, yeah, and, and make some touch. people laugh. Yeah, thanks you so much. As well. All right. Thanks, David. Yeah. Yay! See that has been... Some call me Tim for today. I'm going to put on some commercials. We have a show tonight at Asiento. Hopefully we'll be having many more of those. Check them out on Eventbrite. But tonight at 7.30, 7.30 to 8.30, it's going to be a great show. And it's a dinner and a show at Asiento. Rhymes. And their food is really great. Their ceviche is off the hook. All right. Catch you guys next time. Thrive without the need for modern technology and industry. 
scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> As the world gets wackier and less predictable in every way, it is more important than ever for us to all remember our roots. We wouldn't be here today if our ancestors hadn't had the capacity and the skills to take care of themselves and their communities using the resources in the natural world around them and their own two hands. My name is Wonia Thibault of Buckskin Revolution and Alone Season 6, and I started Buckskin Revolution not just to empower people with a wider range of skills to meet their basic needs, but also to inspire them with a sense of fulfillment and connection that comes with living a little closer to the earth and using our bodies, our minds, and our very DNA for what they evolved to do to help us thrive without the need for modern technology and industry. If that sounds appealing to you, I hope you'll join me for the Fall 2020 Buckskin Revolution Online Skills Gathering, an eight-week learning experience designed to work within any schedule. It involves pre-recorded classes, live interactive sessions, and online community learning support from both myself and your fellow students. The need for these skills has never been more pressing, and Buckskin Revolution is working hard to bring them to you. I hope you can join us. Get connected with yourself and the world around you at buckskinrevolution.com. Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience, like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Oh, shoot. From time to time, I've been giving it a thought of two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things, dude, before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dag nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! <laughs> Are the end times upon us? Not yet, my friends. Please, this is an impassioned plea from Pam Benjamin, the director of Mutiny Radio. Let us live past October. You think it's a joke? COVID is decimating all of us, and especially us here at Mutiny Radio. We have money left until October 1st. Don't let anyone sing despite of their size. Please, please go donate to our GoFundMe. Go to mutinyradio.fm and click that GoFundMe button. Or just go to Venmo. Mutiny Radio, all one word. Just Mutiny Radio. Give us five bucks. Help us keep free speech and radical self-expression real and alive here in San Francisco and all over the world. Please donate to our Mutiny Radio GoFundMe and keep us alive in 2020 and beyond. Don't let our world end. 
I am Italian, and we brought you Fascismus with Mussolini, and before that, the Romans. So if you think you live in a fascist country, well, you do. Antitrump.com is the antivirus to the Trump virus. It started in 2016 with two sketches and a dream for a better America. No one thought it would be this bad. He was a 70-year-old yammering nimrod. How bad could it possibly be? We are now in a global pandemic without adequate leadership. Individual politics are not important. We need to rally behind curing the Trump virus. Go to antitrump.com. You, poetry reader, this is Bjork's sister, Mjork. It's okay, we also have a soul and a weekly poetry reading on Mutiny Radio's AltaCast, zoomed every Wednesday at high noon from Glasgow, Scotland. 